Are you feeling stuck, lost, tired, or uninspired? We've all been there, including myself. I'm Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. I'm here to tell you that the best, unapologetic, and limitless version of yourself is yet to come. The Born Unbreakable podcast is here to inspire just that. With motivating guests from all different walks of life and around the world, their stories will empower you to unlock abundance and your unbreakable spirit. Do you need accountability? Reach out to me for a free consultation of how I can support you in reaching your maximum potential. This episode is brought to you by Sherpa Way Marketing. Are you a business looking to gain greater visibility online through search engine optimized content? Maybe you need effective ad campaigns to kickstart or bolster traffic to your website. Sherpa Way Marketing has seasoned experts that are bilingual in English and Spanish. Let them take the guesswork away and enhance your brand positioning with their comprehensive marketing services. Go to SherpaWayMarketing.com. That's S-H-E-R-P-A-W-A-Y marketing.com to schedule your free 45-minute consultation today. Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. We're in the middle of March. I don't even know how that happened, but I'm really excited for spring because I live in Las Vegas, Nevada, and the winter is cold and spring is better, so we can start getting into the pool and all of that kind of good stuff. But I was just telling my guest how much I was anticipating this interview with her, and I have done, between my two podcast shows, this is, I think, the 140th time that I've done a a podcast interview, and so I read so many different guest profiles and study my, my guests and and I felt such an, a connection with her before having met her. And I, I, I just think that's rare. And uh, I, I was very, very attracted to um, everything that she stands for. So I feel like it is just such an honor to have Kelly Kalia, which she also goes by Kel Cal, which I think is freaking brilliant on the show today. And Kel is a mindset mentor, a podcast host herself. I can't wait to talk about your podcast, Kel. Uh, And she is a personal development junkie. And that's probably one of the other reasons I was very much attracted to her. Um, And she has an amazing story. So she was living her dream life in Florida, in sunny Florida, which if anybody who's listening anywhere probably wants to be right now. And, uh, but secretly she was miserable. So she was going through some difficulties in her marriage. Uh, It was emotionally abusive and she made a super bold decision to leave her marriage, sunny Florida, and she moved to Seattle. Uh, And since that time, Kel has done an amazing thing, which is to develop her own brand I can't get over how amazing the title is, which is How I Cured My Resting Bitch Face. And she launched her podcast recently called Dear Dumb Bitch. And she helps women to recover from toxic relationships and develop radical self-awareness. So, Kel, thank you so much for coming on the show. Ah, Des, I'm so, so happy and excited to be here with you. I appreciate you inviting me to be on. Yeah. we're So, you know, today we're going to talk about Kel's story. We're going to talk about relationships and we're just going to be really honest. <laughs> I love and talk it. about the fact that life is not easy. And I would, I would argue that relationships are probably fall into that category of gray space. You know, uh, when we talk about other things like business and, uh, there's, there's just a more, uh, while there's nuances, there's formulas right? There's, there's a lot of formulas for other things. And I think relationships is as many books as you read, as many, you know, experiences as you, as you go through, there's still so much to be learned. So I hope that anybody listening can, can certainly relate to that. Um, but Kel, as difficult as this might be, I, I would love to go back to that relationship. I, w- I would love for you to take go back to sunny Florida and, and talk about what you were experiencing in the relationship that you were in and how did you end up making the bold decision to leave? 
All right, let's let's go for it. So I previously was living in Florida. I was born and raised in Florida. And actually, I thought I would live my whole life in Florida. And my life was always very traditional. I always had kind of a very traditional path to life. I went to college, I got married, bought a house, and then things kind of got off track to some degree. But I, I, I truly believe it was my path all along. I just didn't see it at the time. So I got married and there were signs that I overlooked at the beginning. And hindsight is always 2020, but my marriage changed and the relationship changed a lot over the course of time. So I was married in 2010. And when I got married, I was a speech therapist. My ex had a different career and eventually he got into real estate and I got into real estate as well. So that we then became business partners. And when we became business partners and I quit my job as a speech therapist, that was really my only connection to the outside world. Once we were business partners, we were together 24 seven and I began to realize how controlling he was. But at the time I didn't really understand the complexities of the situation. And I was just always very, very catering and prioritizing of his needs above my own. And, you know, I didn't realize how toxic the relationship was. I didn't even realize it was an emotionally abusive situation. I just knew I wasn't happy and I couldn't figure out why. I was literally living this dream life. I lived in sunny South Florida. I lived in this beautiful home that I remodeled to perfection. It was paid off. We were very successful from a financial standpoint. I had four golden doodles who were literally my children. I drove a Porsche. Like my life looked amazing from the outside, but inside I was so miserable. And I remember feeling like I was just drowning every single day of my life. And I couldn't figure out why. Um, but ultimately I, just wasn't happy. And on December 16th, 2017, I told my now ex that I wanted a divorce. And this came as a surprise to me as well, because I am a perpetual planner. But when I woke up that morning, I had no idea it was going to happen. But my intuition literally took over, was like, all right, enough is enough. And I told my ex that I wasn't happy and that I wanted a divorce. And I didn't commit to my decision to leave at the time, which things did not get better. Shocking, I'm sure. Things got way worse and just really continued to spiral and were out of just out of control. Uh, the first quarter of this, um, 2018 was literally the most challenging time of my life. My ex and I still work together and every uh, toxic scenario just amplified so much to the point that it was actually, it was kind of right around this time. It was right before St. Patrick's Day, March of 2018. Things were just so, so amplified that I, I knew I just, I needed to escape, like immediately leave. And my sister lived in Washington. I had never visited her because I wasn't allowed as that might sound just kind of unusual. Like you weren't allowed to visit your sister, but my ex was that controlling that I just, I wasn't allowed to live my own life. So I just knew I needed to escape. So I took a trip to Washington and I was there for two weeks. And during that time, I made the decision to commit to leaving. And sometimes you don't even realize how toxic a situation is until you get that breath of fresh air. I remember being at the airport, uh, getting ready to board a flight to Seattle, and I experienced the most foreign emotion. It was like happiness and freedom. I remember just feeling like, oh my God, I get to make my own decisions. Like, do I want a coffee or do I want a margarita? Like I get to decide for myself. And I, it was, I chose the margarita by the way, but like literally multiple people uh, commented, you know, you are probably the happiest girl at the airport. And without a doubt I was because I just had that taste of freedom is the best way to describe it. So after my two week vacation uh, to Washington, I flew back to Florida 
I packed my shit in garbage bags. I filed for divorce. I returned my Porsche. And two days later, I was on a flight back to Washington. And I'm like, all right, I live here now. Let's let's do this. Let me figure out my life. And I honestly thought it would be as simple as just restarting my life. I had no idea the journey I would go on as far as healing from the trauma and the abuse that I experienced and also just healing from a lifetime of outdated beliefs and not having a genuine relationship with myself. So it was a journey, but I was determined for everything I experienced to be a catalyst for something positive. I did not want that to be the worst thing that ever happened to me. So I was just so committed to using that as an opportunity, as a second chance at life. And here I am now, four years later, and it was worth everything. It was worth all of it. Everything I lost, everything I had to give up, I gained so much more. Yeah. I'm reeling, reeling from your story because I think for every circumstance that we go through, we come back become better for it, right? So there's, for all of the pain and the anguish and the struggle that you went through four years ago, it's what got you where you are now. Mm-hmm. So there, there's beauty and blessing in, in the pain that we experience. And I love, you know, that you said, that, I mean, there's not a reset button. There's not, you know, some system that we just put push reset and we, you just, everything starts over. It's one decision at a time, you know, one mm-hmm. decision at a time. And, um, you know, I'm, it's like a movie that you, you just described, you know, and I, you know, I want to go back to one of the pieces that you mentioned when you said, you know, December 16th, you woke up and, and that was kind of, I would say, one of the first biggest decisions because it was kind of culminating to that point. You were already unhappy. What was the reaction of your ex and, you know, how did you manage in that sort of period until you you actually took another action to you know go to Seattle and check things out over there. Oh, it was it was survival mode, honestly. And um, you know, when you're in a toxic relationship, there's a lot of manipulation and mind games and control and gaslighting. And you know, at at first, my my ex did not take it well. He he did not really receive the news very well. And then it really got distorted to the point where, you know, he, this is kind of funny. He, he tried to tell me that if I didn't change, then he was going to leave me. And then I felt like I needed to change. And then I'm like, no, hold on. You, you don't want to stay. These are the reasons that you, you need to leave because he is controlling and dictating your life. But he, he really tried to just, make things extremely challenging and difficult and all of the abuse antics and tactics just amplified but i just wasn't ready to take that leap of faith i remember feeling like i was just like standing at the top of a mountain and like i knew i needed to jump but i didn't know what i was landing on it was just it was so terrifying i was terrified to leave i was terrified to stay and ultimately that fear just kept me stuck but then once I took once I took that trip and I had a taste of what what real life could be like, there was no way I could I could go back and keep living the life I was living. Yeah, you were tasting more than just the margarita in the airport that day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> right. So after you packed your bags up in freaking garbage bags. Hello, oh, you know, yeah. and you, you let go of the porch, you let, you, you, you let go of this lifestyle that many would argue is a dream that they would aspire to. Like they want that life. You left that life. How did it feel when you landed back in Seattle and it was time to start over? Oh, reality set in. Reality set in quick. I was technically homeless and I didn't have a job because I was a realtor. You don't actually get a job transfer as a realtor. 
my ex thought that he should withdraw every penny we ever earned from our bank account. So I literally went broke overnight because I didn't have access to any of my personal assets. So my family supported me. I was dependent. So you on were them. homeless and broke. Yeah. Yep. Went, yep. went broke. Just putting that into context, people just. I, yeah context. so i actually i i was living with my sister and her family like totally crashed their family life i went from living in this beautiful dream home to living in my sister's guest bedroom with my niece and two nephews and just i remember thinking like wow what just happened is this really my life so i was committed to um, my healing journey and I started seeing a therapist. My family found a domestic violence support group for me. And at first, I mean, when I first got to Washington, I didn't even realize what I experienced. I just felt like a crazy person. At that point, I was still questioning myself. I felt guilty for leaving. I wasn't sure if I had made the best decision of my life or the worst decision of my life. I just felt like a crazy person and every aspect of my life was just totally disrupted and turned upside down. And when you leave that type of a relationship, you have a lot of emotions that you experience because you're almost addicted to that abuse cycle. So my family was amazing in helping me get the support I needed. They helped me find a therapist and they found this domestic violence support group. And I'm like, eh, I don't think I really need that, but I agreed to go. And, you know, even I remember the very first session, you know, the other women were telling their stories and I literally said, I'm like, Hey guys, I don't think I belong here. I don't think I'm in the right place. I, uh, I was never actually physically harmed. And they're like, no, but you belong here because what you experienced is emotional abuse. That's domestic violence. And a lot of times those internal emotional wounds can be more challenging to heal. So I'm like, oh, okay, let me see what this is about. So I committed, completed the domestic violence support group and I learned so much from that experience. And I was just so committed to my healing journey because I knew that I, if I kept bringing the same version of myself to my new life, I was just going to keep repeating the patterns in my life. So I recognized I needed to heal from the trauma of the marriage and the relationship, but also that I needed to make changes to myself as well, or else I was just going to keep repeating the same experiences in new life scenarios. Mm -hmm. I love the ownership that you took and the support that you had immediately. Um, I know that might not be the fortune of everybody's situation, but I think that was a catalyst to, you know, so much for you. Um, so the initial experience for you with, you know, the therapy and the group, um, is something I think is so vital to recognize your your the the actual trauma that you went through. What does that look like today? So it's four years later. You've gone through therapy. Is there still healing that you're doing now? Is is it a journey that continues? Is there you know? Does it really ever end? What is what is it like four years later? Oh, it's it's a never ending journey. And I used to be so frustrated by that because I wanted it to be like another thing I could check off my to do list, like check did that I'm healed now cross that finish line. And that's not how it works for a few reasons. One, you keep living more life. So there's always more lessons to learn and more life to experience and more layers to peel back. So I would say that the greatest gift of all of this has been the gift of self-awareness. And that's one of my favorite hobbies in life now is to learn more about myself and to develop more awareness of myself each and every day. And that's a never ending journey. And that's part of the healing journey. So that way you can put aside the 
the layers that life has given you and the biases that you view life through because of past experiences and develop a new perspective. So it's an ongoing journey for sure. And this is actually my original journal. So journaling has been a huge part of my healing process. I actually started this journal. Um, I started journaling for the first time when I moved to Washington and I literally wrote out goals and objectives for my journaling practice because I am a, a bit of a type A persona, but journaling is something that I still continue to do because it's been such a part of my healing process. And it's amazing I bet if you looked at your entry, like an entry from three or four years ago to what you would write oh, today. Oh my gosh, it's incredible. So I recently actually read my original journal um, just a few weeks ago and I wasn't ready to read it prior to then just because it's it's intense. It's, it's a lot to just kind of go back and revisit where I was, but it's such a beautiful gift to have now because I have uh, basically this documentation of where my life was and where my life is now. And the most amazing part is I wrote my future. Like I wrote the dreams and goals and aspirations that I wanted my life to have. And I wanted my life to look like, and that's the life I'm living. It was like the most surreal thing to actually read what I wrote back in 2018 and then have the realization that that's my life now. Like that, it was, it's amazing. It's so amazing. And so I want to talk about today because a lot has happened in four years, a lot you know, has but happened. understanding, but you know, in order to understand where we are, we do have to understand where we've been. Mm -hmm. And, and I think the key is, is, is not staying stuck because that is a part of the transformation. It is a healing journey. It's an experience. So tell me about where are you today? Um, in Seattle? And then how did you, what was the catalyst for starting your brand? Yeah, that is a great question. So I am still doing real estate at the moment, but last summer I had a bit of an epiphany and realized like my true life calling, like it sounds kind of cheesy, but like literally every single dot in my life connected. And I'm like, wow, I want to share my message. I want to share the lessons I've learned and help other women because I have transformed and changed my life in every possible way. Like I barely even recognize the girl that I used to be looking at the woman I've become. And I want to give that gift to other women because I want to show them what's possible when they believe in themselves and they, you know, update their beliefs. So last summer is really when I had this vision for my brand, how I cured my resting bitch face. And the name was actually inspired by my ex because he used to ask me like most mornings, this would be like how my day would start. He would say, what's wrong with your face? Why do you look like such a bitch? And I'd be like, oh my God, it's Tuesday morning. I, I'm like, is this really my life? I would just kind of die a little more on the inside. But my response was always the same. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. It's just my face. I'll try to change it. Because at the time I still thought that I was the problem. I didn't realize that I probably looked miserable because I was, but there was nothing wrong with my face. I was just n not in a relationship with it. I was in a relationship with an asshole. So I realized at the time, like, okay, I needed to make some changes. So that's how I cured my resting bitch face. It's really my my journey and my process. So I, I made a, a healing journey for myself. I literally outlined the steps I was going to take to transform my life. I called it how I cured my resting bitch face. And that was my own personal healing path. And then last summer, I had the realization that I want to share this with other women. So I developed my brand, how I cured my resting bitch face. It's brilliant. <laughs> and I, I, I love it. You, I mean, because basically what you did was you said, bye. Yeah, exactly. And you don't have somebody asking you that asinine question 
in the morning. I mean, I can't even imagine what it was like to get asked that on a regular basis, oh, yeah. um, especially if somebody didn't realize that they were the cause of that. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's that's so amazing. Okay, so you started your brand. And what are the kinds of things that you've been doing since last summer to get your brand out there to help women um, who are in toxic situations that you experience, like like you experienced? Yeah, so I started I started sharing my story, which was very uncomfortable at first because that's vulnerability. It's uh, putting yourself out there and. I was very hesitant to share my story with anyone for the longest time because I didn't want them to view me as a victim. And I think subconsciously I viewed myself as a victim still to some degree. And I really had to shift out of that victim mindset of letting external factors control how I feel and how I think and you know, work through some of those underlying issues to be at a place where I felt comfortable sharing my story and recognizing the power that it has to inspire and help other women. Because I, I really was just so nervous to share it because I didn't want people to think of me differently. But, you know, the response has been incredibly powerful and positive and I have been sharing a lot more of my message on social media, and I recently started a podcast. So I've been sharing my message there, and I'm in the process of creating the program to share with other women. And that's actually like the, the steps I took to transform my life. Yeah. So tell me then about the podcast, because I know that is one of the latest uh, transformational things that you've done. So you started that at the end of last year? Yep. I released the first episode on January 1st of this year. So it's still, it's still very new, but it's super fun. My podcast is called Dear Dumb Bitch, kind of like Dear Diary, but Dear Dumb Bitch, because we all have an inner dumb bitch that's teaching us life lessons when we actually pay attention and listen to them. You know, I spent most of my life ignoring the signs and ignoring the lessons that life was trying to give me. And then I realized life is going to keep giving you the same lessons over and over and over again until you actually learn them. So I decided to recognize these opportunities to, to learn from life and to develop new perspective. And I share that on my podcast. I love it. You all have to tune in. It's gonna be so much fun and a journey to be, because we're on it with you. And that's the thing. I think that's the beautiful thing about self-development. There's no arrival point. There's not a final destination where you get on an airplane and you land in this place and you're like, I'm here, I'm done, I've arrived. It's, it's a sequence of experiences and places and things that you learn and it's it's ongoing just like you talked about healing it's these these are processes you know that that you go through so uh where can people find the podcast is it on all podcast platforms it is spotify apple all the platforms i didn't know how to create a podcast so i learned <laughs> i learned how to how to do that how to upload it so yeah it's available on all all the podcast platforms Okay, so then I have to ask you, because there's, there's people tuning in and somebody may be in a relationship right now that is less than ideal and may be to the point where you were four years ago. Uh, what advice would you give to someone who feels that they're in a toxic relationship and doesn't know where to start with getting out of it. Yeah, I I know how that feels to just feel so stuck and confused and lost. And I was so terrified to make a change. Like I was so afraid to leave. I remember thinking like, I, I wish like, 
this is crazy, but I was in a crazy time. I, I would wish that my ex would like cheat on me. So that way I would have a reason to leave. I would wish that like he would want to leave me because I was that afraid to leave. I was so scared to leave. And ultimately it was the fear of regret that caused me to leave. It overcame every other fear that I had because I remember thinking like, I do not want to look back five, 10 or 15 years from now and regret not leaving sooner. That wasn't something that I could accept. I was still at the time, I remember thinking, am I making the worst decision of my life? Am I making the best decision of my life? I didn't know, but the thought of regretting not making a change sooner is ultimately what led me to make the decision I did because that's something that I could, I could not accept. And I remember thinking like, I want, I wish there was some kind of sign that would like just appear and like, tell me this is the right decision. But in hindsight, the fact that I was looking for a sign to leave was my sign. And you don't need a reason to leave. The fact that you're not happy is reason enough to make those changes and to really choose yourself. That's what I did. I chose myself. I chose my future. And I wish I had known how amazing my future could be. I wish I had known how beautiful life could be because I couldn't see that light at the end of the tunnel. I just knew I couldn't stay in the situation that I was in, but I, I wish I had known life would be even better than I could have ever even imagined. So change is hard, but it's a lot harder to not change if you think about it. Oh, that's so powerful. Change is hard, but staying the same is harder. It's harder, yeah. And it's and it ultimately it is a it's a choice. You know, every day we're waking up with the choice of whether we're gonna keep doing the same thing or decide that we're gonna take a leap of faith and do something. Yeah, different. and and you know, that's the thing. You know, we we think we're gonna feel ready. Like one day we'll feel ready, but ready isn't a feeling. You're never going to feel ready. <laughs> ready is a decision. It's a choice you have to make and commit to and be unwavering in that commitment because I, I'm not going to I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. It's going to be more worth it than you could even imagine. Yeah, that is that is brilliant because there you're totally right. There is no just moment for every person that is like you know, whether it's parenting or anything else. You can do as much preparation, but it's not until you just make the decision and start figuring it out that things become real, uh -huh. you know? Um, looking back, because now you, you do have hindsight, and I, I, I believe that's a gift that we, that we lack when we're in situations that we cannot see uh, because we're not, we're not an outsider looking in yet. When you look back at that relationship and um, knowing what you know now, what are some of the red flags, you know, that you realized um, were indicators that you weren't in the kind of relationship that was healthy. So I think that will help people too. You know, there there could be things that can be prevented <laughs> where if we know some of those red flags, we won't even go, you know, put ourselves in certain situations if we can kind of anticipate what those things are to look for. Yeah, looking back, I ignored all the red flags. I could have opened up like a home decorating store with all the red flags I overlooked. There was a collection of red flags, but you know, your, your intuition is always guiding you and your intuition communicates with you through feelings. And I didn't really know how to process or handle feelings. I always thought that feelings were kind of a bad thing. Like if you feel some type of emotion, you should dismiss it and disregard it. So I overlooked a lot of feelings and tried to dismiss them. And ultimately it was dismissing my intuition who was trying to tell me like, these are warning signs. These are things that you shouldn't overlook, like pay attention. Um, but ultimately I, I didn't, I didn't pay attention to them, but 
think about how things make you feel. Notice how things make you feel. And for someone that was disregarding how they felt, that was challenging because I was trying to avoid how I felt. But at the same time, those feelings are what lets you know if something is toxic. So that walking on eggshells feeling, uh, it's, it's hard to put language to, but if you're there, you know what it is when you're kind of tiptoeing around because you don't want to upset the other person and you change your behaviors because you are concerned and hyper aware of how the other person is going to react. Um, let's see some other, some other red signs or red signs, red flags. So also, you know, just if someone disregards when you express your needs or dismisses them, that's a red flag. If someone isn't willing to listen to your concerns or your needs in a relationship, that's a red flag. If someone makes you feel bad or guilty for expressing how you feel, that's a red flag. If you are unhappy with something and you communicate that and you get dismissed or your your partner or whoever in your life isn't uh, receptive to wanting to work through issues, that's a red flag. If they make you feel like it's your fault and you're the problem, that's a red flag. If they put ultimatums on you and try to get you to change your behavior so they can feel a certain way, that's a red flag. If they control or try to limit the time you spend with other people, if they try to restrict the people that you spend time with, that's a red flag. You know, my ex didn't even want me spending time with my family because he knew that like he could control me more if I didn't have communication with people that truly cared about me. So there were all kinds of red flags that I just disregarded because I, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't, you only know what you know. And yeah. You do, you do yeah. the best you can until you know. You're in a sea of red. It was, I mean, it was the Red Sea. Yep. <laughs> the Red Sea. And it's, and, and here's the thing, you know, I mean, narcissism is real. You know, uh, there's there's a an ecosystem in relationships, and there's a give and a take. There's a balance, and there's a, you know a certain amount of time you spend talking, a certain amount of time you spend listening, and there and that's the yin and the yang. You know, there's darkness with light. There's uh, you know there's there's good and there's evil. I mean. I think balance is, is a good indicator if, if you're, if you're listening and, you know, think, think about that, that kind of balance that you have in your relationship. Um, and if it's, if it's not non-existent, um, you know, because that's, and, and gaslighting I think is, is a huge thing. If you're in a argument or you're, you're making a, um, an emotional bid, uh, you know, about your feelings and your partner flips it back on you to make it your fault. That's psychological warfare that is, that's going on because if you, and, and, and what it does to you is it puts you in a corner because you are trying to open up and be expressive and you are now feeling defeated like you can't express because basically your feelings are your fault is is how that that happens so if you're having psychological you know warfare and you're constantly being put um as the guilty party for feelings that you have when you're trying to express yourself um those are those are telltale signs so much of what kel said to pause take a very purposeful pause and ask yourself some different questions. You know, is this healthy? Is this something that I want to continue doing? Is it fulfilling? And five years from now, am I going to become a better person for continuing, you know, to do this? I mean, you know, there's, it's difficult to see yourself outside of something when all you have is what you know. 
And I think one of the biggest things that changed that, you know, when I listened to your story that made a difference for you is putting yourself outside of the environment that you were so accustomed to, to help you see something different. Sometimes it takes that much of a nuance and a change to put ourselves physically and emotionally in a different environment for us to understand what actually we're in. Because I feel like that was such a, a crux, a juxtaposition in your journey was physically being in Seattle and seeing what your life could be like. Yeah, because when you're, when you're in that situation, it's hard to see beyond that. And there are so many side effects from the abuse of being in a toxic relationship. You truly lose your sense of identity. You doubt yourself. You are conditioned to not believe in yourself. And it's hard to see beyond that because you've been conditioned to think that you're the problem. And if you're the problem, then that means you need to fix yourself. And, you know, just the way the abuse cycle develops, you become dependent on the other person and you think that you need them, even though they're the ones that are giving you such, such harm in your life. So removing yourself from that situation can help you see a different perspective. Yeah, that codependence is, is really huge. It's huge. And I didn't even realize that I am 100% a recovering codependent. I didn't even know that that was something that I, I was until I was on my healing journey and my journey of self-discovery and self-love because I missed that life memo. I thought that I was responsible for how other people felt. And I thought that other people were responsible for how I felt. And it really was this perfect storm of I had these codependency and people pleasing and perfectionist tendencies. And I was became involved in a relationship that really fed off of that energy. And I, I truly thought it was my responsibility for how he felt. And I lived my life to try to make him feel good, but he never could feel good because he didn't feel good about himself. So it was this never, it was just a, a, a losing battle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, another thing I, I would say, um, because relationships just are difficult, right? I mean, is, is this. Because sometimes um, men and women do, do this. You know, I, I know um, women with their very emotional, nurturing, you know, tendencies can, can be even bigger on this. The dogs are having warfare. That's <laughs> <laughs> we're talking right now. Maybe they're having some emotional strife. Uh, <laughs> um, if you hear them kind of fighting in the background. Um, is, you know, in the emotional struggle, sometimes what is hard for us to see is that when you start hearing things like, I can't live without you, I don't know who I am, you know, without this person, that's, that's a big, that's probably one of the biggest signs that you could, you could uh, tell yourself you need to be taking a pause to do something different. Because A, you have to be a whole person on your own two feet. There isn't, there isn't another person that comes along and all of a sudden completes who you are. Only you can complete. Right. You know, but what is, what a scam that is. I, I grew up yeah. hearing, you know, two people become one and now you think yeah. about it. It's like, so I was a half person before, yeah. like that doesn't even make sense. Or we say like my better half, like really like, no, you need to be your, your own best self and bring that to the relationship. And mm -hmm. you know, it's, yeah. But that, you know, and, and here's the other thing that I would, I would tell people in terms of relationships is you lived, okay, before that person was there. You're going to be okay and continue living when that person is not. Remember that, mm -hmm. you know, because sometimes you, you can't see past that. It's like, but no, this person, they... You know, you, you you have all these different excuses of why it it can work. It, you know, it's possible. Uh, and you, but remember that there was a life, you know, that you lived before that person was ever there. And, you know, they, they came for you to learn and you to have experiences that are now going to enable you to do different, better, 
bigger things. But it just doesn't feel like that. When you're it doesn't. It. it doesn't feel like it at the time. But I am. I am so appreciative of the fact that I am now. It sounds weird, but I'm so grateful for everything that I went through and I experienced. Would I have chosen it for myself? Probably not. But I'm grateful for it because it made me who I am today. And you can't hate the experiences that make you who you are as a person. And those were lessons that I needed to learn. I mean, could there have been a different classroom? Maybe, but life gives you what you need. And I truly believe that I needed to learn those lessons. Yeah. And the, and the, it's the lessons that are outside of the classroom that probably teach us the most. The 100%. Ones that, you know, those ones are the most priceless ones, yeah. right? But Kel, I wanna I wanna ask you some questions that will help us to get to know you better, because uh, that is something that's important. You know, before we we uh, started recording, we talked about why born and born unbreakable. My you know my brand. Why why is my message be unapologetically you? It's because. Uh, we are the best version of ourselves when we get to be ourselves. And I, I, I think now, now I'm, it's coming to, you know, full circle after having really had the opportunity to listen from you, your, your story, besides just, you know, reading about it, um, is the relation that I have to it after having been married more than once, um, after having gone through my own toxic experiences plural. Um, you know, I think y things continue to manifest unless you do something different. So I think that we can spend a lot of time talking about what other people didn't do, but there's so much onus is about what we do because that's the only thing that we can control mm -hmm. is our behavior, our action, our character, uh, how we show up, you know, and so I think that that is w so much of what relationships teach us. Um, and so, you know, so going back to the, you know, the born unbreakable thing is that I, it is a journey to, to get there, to, to recognize our own power. And so my, my question for you is how did you come to this place of knowing that you're unbreakable? especially when there's so many things throughout your relationship and experiences that may have made you feel otherwise? Oh, I love this question. So I, I would say that I became unbreakable through this healing journey. When I left, I, I knew I would be healing from the trauma of the relationship, but I also recognized that I needed to really heal from a lifetime of not really knowing who who I was. So I, I set out on this journey of self-discovery and self-love, and I had no idea who I was as a person. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to get to know myself and get to know who I am. And I recognized that I was the common denominator in my life. Rude, I know, but <laughs> all of these life experiences that I, I've had, I was the common denominator. So I wanted to take a closer look at that and start to learn what my patterns are and start to know myself and learn this concept of personal power because I didn't know what personal power was. I served that shit up on a platter to anyone and everyone because I didn't know what to do with it. And I was always trying to be who I thought other people wanted me to be. I was always living my life trying to meet other people's expectations, which that's the best way to not meet someone's expectations because people just want you to be you. And that's really the best way you can show up to life is your true genuine and authentic self. And I feel like on this healing journey of really getting to know myself for the first time in my whole life, that's really how I was then able to share my genuine self with the world and I now have actual authentic relationships. I've never had more genuine connections with people because I'm showing up in a more genuine way. Oh, I love it. It's amazing. That's, that's, it, it's so fulfilling to hear that your self-awareness has brought you to a place of such joy 
And there's a sense of peace, you know, because when you talk about your story, the one of the first words that came to my mind was chaos. Uh, because you're, you're, despite the, you know, it's, it's kind of like if you watch a, an episode of, I don't know, Desperate Housewives or something, you know, where in the, in the highlight reel, you see something that is so amazing on the outside, but there's chaos, you know, on the inside. And so you were able to move from a place that had the, the essence of chaos to the essence of peace. And I think that it, it's quite the responsibility, but it takes you making some very intentional decisions um, to get there. So I just commend you so much for that. Um, but my next question for you is, what is one thing that's on your bucket list? Oh, one thing on my bucket list. Oh man, I feel like I have a ton of things on my bucket list because I never really had a bucket list. I was always trying to live other people's bucket <laughs> lists. So now I'm like, oh, I get to, I get to do my my own bucket list. I would say one thing is is travel. Actually, I have not done a lot of traveling just because my life was really chaotic and vacations weren't really a part of it. So my main item on my bucket list right now is to just really live and experience life and not wait to live life and not wait to be happy. I want to feel good now. And, you know, I got so used to my life being hard that I thought life was supposed to feel hard. And when my life started to have some stability, I got I was still, I was so like conditioned to like feeling hard that I made it harder for myself because that was my comfort zone. So, you know, really, I just want to experience life and feel good and know that life is supposed to feel good. And I think traveling is something that I want to do. I have a whole list of places that I haven't been. Uh, I want to go to Greece. I want to go to Tulum. I want to go to, you know, different retreats and I want to go to one of those overwater um, bungalows uh, and right. Like, yes. Yeah. And just, you know, experience life because we get so blindsided with like our day to day life, but there's really so much more life beyond what we see every day. And it's like you mentioned earlier, you need to take yourself out of situations in order to get different perspective. And I feel like traveling and experiencing different cultures and just getting out of that day to day is going to help shift my perspective even more. Yeah, I I 100% agree with that. Um, obviously, Las Vegas is on your list because it's just so close by. So yeah, I've actually I've never been yeah. to Vegas. So let's I'm gonna have to thing. plan a trip. That'll I'm be just, so fun. I'm just expanding the horizons, just putting it out there. Do the easy trip first, and then you know you go to the farther places after that. So uh, we'll have that as a another thing to add to your list. We'll make that happen. What about um, a self-limiting belief? What is a self-limiting belief that you've had to overcome? Oh man, where do I begin? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, one, one belief is that I'm not good enough, right? Isn't that everyone's biggest limiting belief? Like I'm not capable of living the life of my dreams. One limiting belief I'm working on right now is uh, being less controlling with my life. I tend to be, I don't want to say a bit of a control freak, but yeah, I'm a bit of a control freak. And the reason being is because my life was so unstable and so chaotic for so long that I developed these coping mechanisms of controlling my life, whether it's through workouts and food and my schedule and micromanaging my life to feel this sense of control and stability. And now that my life has some resemblance of stability, I still have all of these external habits of controlling things and just recognizing that the only way to really have stability is to create internal stability within yourself and developing that trust within yourself and developing trust in myself is something that I am still working on because I 
didn't trust myself for the longest time. And, you know, it led me to situations like toxic relationships and abusive marriages and learning to rebuild that trust with myself is still an ongoing journey and a challenge. But knowing that I've done so much work that I can trust myself now and I don't need to create this facade of stability through micromanaging every aspect of my life is definitely an it's an ongoing life lesson right now. Yeah. But you know, I, I have to acknowledge though, you know, we a lot of society, uh, and I would I would argue regardless of what country it is that you're listening in from today, um, kind of puts on you a particular pathway to follow. So there is some kind of external pressure uh, to, your, to your point of, you know, control that we try to create because there's, there's milestones that somehow are given to you of when to accomplish certain things and therefore there's this control mechanism that goes off within us that says, oh, I can, I can do that. This is how it's going to look. That's how, this is how it's going to feel. Um, and then you try to go down this linear path and it doesn't work because that's not how life is, you know, uh, but people use that a lot, right? Okay. By the time I'm 30, X, Y, and Z will mm -hmm. have happened. And then by the time I'm 40 and, you know, what a pick your age, pick your number, 21, 60, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. The point is that there, there is things that the world says, do these things and happiness shall be bestowed upon you. And that's not how it actually works. And so that's when, you know, the world says go left and you go right <laughs> or you turn upside down and you go backwards. I mean, um, everybody has an individual journey and it's beautiful and it's just filled with so many things that make us who we are. And I think that is, is just a, an important thing to recognize. So you talking about control and being able to let go of that, I think is, is very relatable, you know, from anybody that's tuning in. And you're, you're basically talking about being in a state of flow, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, for now, for, sh it. for sure. That's awesome. Okay. What about a superpower? What would you say is one of your superpowers that you're really good at? Oh, a superpower that I'm good at. I I would say self-awareness is my superpower just because I didn't have a self-awareness for so long that now I'm like, I really want to get to know myself. I did not know myself for the longest time. And self-reflection self, uh, is one of my greatest passions in life. Like I want to know everything there is to know about myself. I'm constantly asking myself questions and trying to learn more and find all the lessons from life. So I would say self-awareness is my superpower. I wish everybody had that as their superpower. It'll, it changed my life. It changed my <laughs> life, which is why I'm, I'm trying to share that gift with others because when you can really look at your at your life and your life circumstances and learn the lessons and develop new perspective and you know your your life changes something magical happens yeah absolutely well what is next for cal cal what are what are the things that you're looking forward to what do you want people to know about what's next and what they can look forward to from you yeah, so I am, I feel like I'm in another life pivot because I have this new vision for my life with my brand, how I cured my resting bitch face and my podcast, Dear Dumb Bitch. So right now I am really looking to just share my message and reaching the women that I know would benefit from the lessons that I've learned. So that's, that's my biggest focus right now is just really connecting with the women that I can serve and support and have an impact on their life. And one day I'm moving to Santa Monica. So 
that's uh, that's in the plans as well. Oh, I love that. And and I know that there is there are women listening right now that can use everything that that you've shared so i think that it's amazing that you have the courage that you have the vulnerability um like brene brown says you know you have to step into the arena and be vulnerable and you're that's it, that's exactly what you're doing kel if there was uh, a last piece of advice that you would give to anybody listening what would that be I would say hmm, just one, one piece of advice. I would say the truth is what you believe it is. So you might as well make it something good and learn, learn your truth, learn who you are, what's important to you and, and live that because you, we oftentimes, and by we, I mean, mostly me, but maybe, maybe you too. We, we tend to prioritize other people above ourselves and we care more about what other people think than what we think. And we care more about how other people feel than how we feel. And we'd rather disappoint ourselves than disappoint someone else. So be true to who you are. And that's really what people want. People want you to show up as your true self and when you show up as your true self, that's how you attract the people that are supposed to be in your life. Oh man, that's like a mic drop right there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, I love it. Well, Cal, how can people find you? How can they connect with you? They can connect with me on Instagram. They can check out my podcast. And I just started a, a TikTok account as well. So I am on TikTok also. So you're everywhere. And I'll make sure in the show notes that everybody has all the links so they Perfect. can click and follow and check out everything you're doing. I'm, I'm so grateful for your time. I like I, I mentioned to you when we first connected, uh, your your authenticity uh, is palpable. I just, you know, you, you have an energy about you that I think people um, will continue to be attracted to because it's vulnerable and honest. And um, we need more of that in the world. And maybe that's kind of what I'm feeling now too. With everything that's happening in the world, I think if we could channel that honesty, that vulnerability, and that realness, I, it, it would be a better, a better place. I could not agree more. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you. Oh, thank you for having me. This was so fun. I appreciate you. And I'm so excited to connect with all your listeners. Awesome. Kelly Kalia or Kel Cal, as she calls herself, amazing woman, a phenomenal episode. I feel so happy to have had her on the show today. I would like to invite you to go to www.howicuredmyrbf.com to learn even more about Kel, her story, and her podcast. You might be asking yourself right now, Des, why didn't you ask her about her dating life and what life looks like in you know in this season in this chapter of her life well i did that offline off the record and we talked about that a little bit but hey sometimes you get an appetizer and if you want to keep coming back to get the meal you have to tune in more so that's why I'd like you to follow her podcast, subscribe. It's called Dear Dumb Bitch. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. Let her tell you about what this season of her like life looks like, because uh, that is the beauty of podcasts, right? Peeling back the layer of the onion if you want to learn more. So go and do that. But in all seriousness, we talked today about toxic relationships. If you are in a toxic relationship, and you recognize that you have self-awareness, you know that, or you know somebody who is, take action. Please take action. What, is, what does that look like? We talked about a lot of things today. Gaslighting, manipulation, miscommunication, put downs, let downs, psychological warfare. If you feel like you can't communicate if you feel unsafe 
if you feel like you are in that cycle of any kind of abuse, physical certainly, Kel didn't even realize it was abuse until she went to a group that named it for her and said, that's emotional abuse. You can't see things sometimes when you are in the situation and people do point things out to you. Sometimes you may overlook what people say. It's important to pay attention. You know in your gut, you know in your heart, you know in the conversations that you have with the people that care about you, if you're in a relationship that is serving you or not. Do not let anybody make you feel like you are less than or that you are not enough, like Kel talked about as her self-limiting belief. You are absolutely more than enough. You deserve to have a partner or a person or people in your life that love you for who you are, that celebrate your growth, somebody that you can grow with, that listens and respects you and your opinions and your values and can communicate effectively with you and doesn't play the blame game. Um, I could talk about this for hours, but my main point is to recognize where you're at and if it is a time that you need to take action or take different action than what you've been taking. If you need support, if you need more resources, feel free to reach out to me um, or feel free to reach out to Kel. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. I constantly am in gratitude for how much I learn doing this show. Um, I appreciate you. If you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss another episode. Share this with anybody who you think could benefit from it. If you haven't rated yet, please do that. And remember, you are your only limit, so take action today. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you again next time.